Next on BYUSN, can Jaron Hall carry, or should I say throw, BYU to a win over Notre Dame? Are we talking literally carry the team? Because I've seen the man work out. He certainly does not skip leg day. Unlike a couple of guys on the desk who often skip leg day. Like every day. Like by often you mean every day, yes. <laughs> Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I am Spencer Linton, and for the first time in the new Studio B on this desk, Jason Shepard. Uh, it is. This is uh, Obviously, it's been around for about a month. I've seen the set. I've been around the set. But yes, this is the first time that I am, uh, I am on a show on the brand new set, and it's amazing. I love it. Well, I guess I need to ask you. Yes. Did you skip leg day today in preparation for this huge moment in your life? Uh, I did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Look, if I could do if I could do a bench press with my legs, I'd do it. <laughs> it's a simple. You can. It's called the leg press. Simple as that. It's not as fun. All right. Speaking of things that are fun, yes. how about we get to today's show lineup? Uh, our totally unbiased. Big 12 plus four power rankings. We'll get to those. Mm -hmm. uh, Below, low Brian Logan stops by Studio B. What do we really know about this Irish team? And women's soccer hosts San Francisco tomorrow night at Southfield. Leading goal scorer Brecken Mazingo will join us to preview the Cougars and the Dons. All right, let's get to today's headlines, baby. Beginning with BYU football taking on Notre Dame. The Cougars are the ranked team this time around. 7.30 Eastern. NBC National BYU linebacker Peyton Wilgar on the Irish. The last couple weeks, it's been unacceptable as a defense to do what we've been doing. So uh, it's important for the leaders and everyone really to step up and make sure we get a fast start um, from here on out. You know, no matter what the opponent is or whatnot, we'll definitely need to be on our A game for Notre Dame. They're a great football team, and uh, there's no room for that coming out soft and whatnot. So we'll definitely need to step up as leaders and get everyone fired up from um, play one until the end of the game. Okay, check that. Fast start, hopeful for BYU against the Irish. I concur. Gabe Judy Lally, his targeting appeal. We wondered about this late in the Utah State game. It was successful, which means he does not have to sit out the first half against the Irish. Great news for BYU's defensive backroom. He will play against Notre Dame. Yeah, that's certainly big news to be able to have him in the lineup from the opening kick. Jared Hall was named to the top 25 watch list for the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. Jaron was also named the Kia Player of the Month by the College Football Hall of Fame. Seems appropriate that I read that, seeing as how I currently own three Kias. Mm-hmm. Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers beat the Los Angeles Rams 24-9. Fred, he had nine tackles. Why that is extremely important to yours truly coming up later in the show. Also of note, Falcons running back Cordero Patterson was placed on the injured reserve, meaning he's out for at least four weeks. You know who the number two running back on the Falcons depth chart is? Yes, it's rookie out of BYU, Tyler Algier. So expect more workload for Tyler, who went for 104 total yards in his last game. Look, Tyler, this might be his coming out party, Jason. Well, and we said this was a perfect fit. They did not have a lot of depth at the running back position. Looks like he may be getting his chance. The 11-3 women's volleyball team moved up a spot in this week's rankings. They are now number 14. Also, congratulations goes out to Heather Knighting. She earned the WCC Defensive Player of the Week honors 
after 14 blocks and six digs in two victories on the road at Portland and Gonzaga last week. Trent Moser representing BYU men's volleyball playing this morning for the United States team in the under 21 Pan American Cup against Mexico. Very cool for Trent. Good luck to the United States. All rise and shout. It's time once again for What's Trending. Presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Jaron Hall has been, in a word, dynamite for BYU and has only turned the ball over once. Huge part of why BYU is off to a 4-1 start and still ranked in the top 16 at number 16. But this week's a different week, Jason. The Cougars get Notre Dame. And they are a three-point underdog in Las Vegas. We all know BYU's been up to some slow starts, which is why we heard from Peyton Wilgar earlier talking about the necessity for a quick start, high energy. Jason, the question is, is Jaron Hall's arm enough without a running game, maybe without those quick starts in the first half, to carry BYU to a win against the likes of the Fighting Irish? Well, so far it's carried BYU to 4-1 and one record. So I think the, the, the quick, easy answer is, Yes, it's enough because we've seen it this season. With the exception of the very first game against South Florida, BYU has really not had much of a running game to go along with the stellar play of Jaron Hall. Now, you have the game against the Wyoming Cowboys where, you know, you have 188 yards rushing. You know, that number looks a lot better because of what Miles Davis did, and he had the 70-yard run. In the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. So, But more times than not... Jaron Hall, he has been the one constant. There's not been one game where he has not been brilliant since the season started. So, so yes, he is capable, but you certainly don't want to have to rely on him each and every game for the rest of the season. You're certainly hoping that things can start to balance itself out a little bit. And I think, I think a perfect example, if you want to look at, at what Notre Dame brings and a comparable opponent in terms of talent, things like that. I think you, the blueprint from what we saw in the Baylor game, I think is a pretty good indication of if he has to carry, that could be what it looks like. BYU did not run the ball very well in that game, and yet Jaron was able to move things along. There, that, was the, that was the game with Chase, uh, Chase Roberts, and he was obviously – the guy that stepped in when you didn't have Gunner and you didn't have Puka. So I think that's kind of the blueprint of what this game against Notre Dame could be if, if it has to be that way. Now, I, I, eventually the running game is going to find its, quote, you know, no pun intended, find its footing. Mm. But, and you hope that it's this week because Notre Dame's going to come in and th- Notre Dame's going to run the ball. So it's not just running the ball, it's run defense, it's everything. But I I think that Baylor game is a decent blueprint on how this could still work this week. Through five games, a team will tell you pretty much who they are. We're far enough into the season that we kind of feel like we know who BYU is, which is Jaron Hall, outstanding quarterback, uh, Mr. Even Keel, will deliver every time, but the run game has not been there. And so we took a deeper dive into some numbers this morning. This is pretty crazy. And I just wanted to, like, I wanted to look at Jaron Hall in the first half versus the second half. And the reason I wanted to do this is because BYU's starts collectively as an offense outside of Jaron Hall have been pretty slow, right, especially in the run game. And then look at what BYU's done in the second half. Like, we believe BYU is a second-half team. Well, Jaron Hall, 
to answer the question, is his arm enough to lead BYU to victory over Notre Dame? I believe it's enough to keep BYU close and carry the Cougars through first halves, which have not been friendly to BYU football this year. But it will take a team effort, including the run game in the second half. Look at, look at this comparison. Okay, not a, not a ton of difference here. Jaron's been a little bit better in the first half in terms of overall rating. He's been really, really critical late in the first half a couple of times, scoring some touchdowns right before halftime to help BYU build some momentum going into the second half. So, yeah, he's been pretty consistent, but he takes a little bit of a dip in the second half because I feel like the BYU run game gets going in the second half. Now, if you want to see the stark contrast, so pretty good. He's been a little bit better in the first half but that's because his team has helped him out in the second half. You want to look at the rushing statistics from first half to second half, Jason? It is absolutely wild. BYU is almost rushing for double the yards that they are in the first half when they get going in the second half. Uh, and how about this? Ten total rush yards for BYU in the second quarter of this season. I'm sorry, what? That's a remarkable number. Excuse me, what? <laughs> you, you, you have ten total rush yards in the second quarter in five games combined. What in the world is happening there? So it has been by necessity that Jaron Hall is quite literally carrying and throwing BYU to stay close in these games. And then BYU gets going as a team. But BYU is a second half team right now. Jaron Hall can't do it by himself the whole game, Jason. The run game is gonna have to show up at some point. And the blueprint, to steal a word from you, is that, hey, stay close. If BYU is a second half team, just stay close in the first half. Hopefully the defense can bring it. Jaron will do his thing because he's super consistent. But BYU, if they're going to win this game, I feel like is going to have to pull away in the second half just like they did against basically everybody else this season. Most notably, uh, Baylor, BYU, took a 20-13 to lead in the second half. They needed a touchdown right before halftime to chase Roberts to even establish some type of momentum. BYU is a second-half team. Why? I, I don't expect anything different. Maybe more energy because it's a bigger opponent, especially on the defensive side. But this offense typically gets going in the third and fourth quarters. You know, one of the things, though, and I want to sort of turn this into a, a Jaron Hall appreciation comment here because, as we've said, he's been brilliant. He has been the one thing, game in and game out, that you can count on to play at an extremely high level. There's great power and consistency. Yes. The one thing that I, I think even speaks more to what he's been able to do, and honestly what the offense has been able to do, is they have not had to rely on Jaron to run the ball. Very few, you know, you know, quarterback called runs. We have not seen that very much. Purposefully. Very purposefully, absolutely. But I you also have not seen him. He's I don't know if it's more comfort in the pocket or he just has confidence that he just doesn't need to and he can make the play. He's not even tried to run a significant amount of times. And I think that's a big deal that BYU's offense has been able to do what they've done and they've not needed Jaron Hall to run the ball for, for many reasons. And one, obviously, is you don't want to get him hurt. We clearly know he has the capability of being extremely dangerous running the ball. But I, I, think, I think that's something that's really positive for BYU is they're 4-1, the offense putting up good numbers overall, and he haven't had to rely on Jaron using his legs very much. This has all been with his arm. So I'll end it with this blanket statement to answer again. Is Jaron Hall's arm enough to lead BYU to victory over Notre Dame? No, but it's enough to keep BYU close so that the other teammates <laughs> that he needs so desperately yeah. to step up can do so in a timely fashion. And most 
uh, notably, it's been in the second half. So he's good enough by himself, it feels like, to keep things close with his dynamic playmaking ability. But he's, if BYU is going to beat Notre Dame, they've got to have somebody else step up to join Jaron Hall and have a big game. These next two w- weeks are crucial for BYU in terms of what the rest of the season looks like and what you're playing for. So, yeah, these next two weeks especially, if you can find some sort of balance in the offense where the run game does, yes. it, it, it turns into what we thought it was going to be. And we know that the talent is there for it to be there. This is, these are the two weeks coming up there you need it. Jason, Jaron Hall is Batman. He's awesome, right? But sometimes Batman needs a little bit of help. What's been the overarching theme of, like, Batman and cartoons and different things like that is, even in the Lego Batman movie, you can't do it all by yourself. you got to have help around you, okay? As awesome as Batman is, sometimes he needs Robin to step need Robin. up, right? Okay. Sometimes you need Commissioner Gordon. Let's go. And that's okay. <laughs> all right, time for topic number two. It's that time of the week where we give you our, uh, our totally unbiased Big 12 plus four power rankings. Totally unbiased. Totally unbiased. There is no bias in this ranking whatsoever. <laughs> At the top of our rankings, Oklahoma State. Not a surprise. They've earned it. I have, look, I'm just going to make the argument. I'm going I'm I'm to mention a couple of these. Oklahoma State, number one at 4-0. TCU, number two, uh-huh. also 4-0. Uh-huh. Kansas, the surprise of college football at number five, comes in at number three. I don't. Kansas? I, I, okay, no, but listen to me. Listen to me. Who's their best win? Just listen to me. I do not believe that Kansas would beat TCU or Oklahoma State we'll find, right now. We'll find out this week yes, Kansas we will. against TCU. But Kansas is 5-0. and I would not have an issue if we put Kansas at number no, one. No, stop it, I Jason. I would what? not have because a problem Because they have it. one more win than undefeated and top and 10 two, Oklahoma State. And they're 2-0 State. in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's actually beaten somebody. I understand. Look, I understand. They won, they won at Baylor. Look, ultimately, I'm fine. <laughs> but if, if, if our producer, Ben Bagley, had put Kansas number one, I would not have fought it. Now, now again, this, Ben consults with a lot of people on this. So, yes, his <laughs> no, name doesn't. is attached to The committee here. <laughs> Okay, I have a problem with the committee led by Ben Bagley. By, by the way, you're part of the committee. Okay, Kansas at 5-0. and yeah, Their best win is a three-point home win against Iowa State, who, by the way, Iowa State is number 11 in our Big 12 plus four power rankings. Okay? They're averaging almost 42 points per game. Kansas? Against who? They scored it, 14 it against Iowa State. It against, it's yeah. still... You're talking about a team. I don't know if they were picked to win five games all year in their no, five. I, I am not taking away from the, the turnaround that Coach Leopold and Kansas have put together. We'll find out who Kansas really is. Oh, there's this no week against Look, TCU. And I just said I don't know if I'm pretty sure that TCU and Oklahoma State both beat Kansas. But if they were number one, pretty this, sure this week, I'm I wouldn't have a problem with okay. it. Five and zero and two and zero in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State against Kansas has got to have like a 90% win probability. Well, we're going to have to look that one up. Okay. Come on. Should we get to who Prop? number four is? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. By the way, BYU <laughs> in at number four at four and one, ranked number 16. The computer numbers do not love BYU. And by computer numbers, I mean Bill Connolly's SP+, BYU at 39. Okay. FPI, ESPN's football power index has BYU at 47, Jason. The Massey, so the mean of all of these important metrics, the average there is 34.55. The computers are not really buying BYU, probably because BYU's rush attack has not been there. And they've looked kind of meh at times against some mediocre to subpar opponents in Wyoming and Utah State. 
it's time for BYU to put up against a team like Notre Dame. You beat Notre Dame, now the computer numbers start to look better, and you start to validate a little bit more that number 16 national ranking. Any, any issues with Houston being number 14? No. No, they're two and three. No, no. West Virginia, Houston, I feel is it. Oklahoma number 12, though. Whoa. Is Oklahoma really worse than Iowa that's, State? That's quite have the we, drop. Have we reached that point? Yikes. We'll see what happens this Where's week. Where's Texas? Nobody cares right now because they haven't done anything prominent other than lose to Alabama by one point. All right. Our question of the day. <laughs> Love you all, <laughs> Texas. Is Jaron Hall's arm enough to lead BYU to victory over Notre Dame. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. John Hatch on Instagram says, Jaron is key to winning this game. His arm, his legs, his decisions. But BYU needs more than Jaron. The defense needs to get off the field to let Jaron do his thing. Yeah, I think everybody can agree that BYU's rush defense, at least from what I can tell, is priority number one, Jason. The rush defense. Rush offense even takes a back seat to the rush defense for BYU over the past few games. That is one of the th – those are the two things. If BYU's rushing offense can improve and the rush defense can improve, I like the Cougars' chances moving forward the rest of this year. Well, I, uh, I'm guessing Notre Dame's going to try and run the ball at BYU There's downhill with their three very capable, healthy running Marcus backs. Freeman in his press conference yesterday said it's priority number one, running the ball. At well, as it can, should can be. Can you blame him? As it should be. Hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation. BYU football with Kalani Satake airs tonight at 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app as the coach discusses the big-time matchup in Las Vegas with the Golden Domers. Cody Epps is in the film room and Deep Blue features former football player turned actor Langi Tuifua. Up next, Bilo, Brian Logan, former BYU defensive back, current member of the BYU Sports Nation game day crew, discusses things for the Notre Dame game with us live in studio. How do you make the rush defense better overnight? We'll ask him that. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton. To my left sits Jason Shepard. And just across the way is our good friend, Brian Logan. The man, Bilo, in Studio B. Is this the first time you've sat in that chair? This is the first time, yeah. yeah. Hey. It's not the first time I've been in here in no, the no, new studio. I've been yeah. in here uh, for the pregame show, postgame shows, but this is nice, man. I need these chairs oh, in my house. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> I'm, look, if you want to... <laughs> Sneak some, you know. Uh, shoot me a text. Yeah, shoot right. Me, shoot I, me a text. I know you're a man that appreciates style and interior design and whatnot. Yeah. So it feels appropriate to start with this question. BYU <laughs> unveiled a brand new uniform combination for the Notre Dame game. Okay, the blackout uniforms are coming back. And then mm. the helmets, that ombre effect that starts royal and then kind of fades into yeah. black. They did so in like crazy classic style, teaming up with UFC. And I mean... Uh, it, it's unbelievable what they've done. What do you think of the uniform combination BYU has selected for the Notre Dame game? I don't think there's ever been a moment since I've stopped playing where I was jealous of a team or a player. More uh, jealous. Like well, I, I, I was like, 
I was like, ooh, ooh, and then I was like, dang. I, like, it was, I was excited because of how, you know, how it looked. I mean, like, it's hard to even put in words, um, you know, the, the color combination and then the helmet. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then, and so, like, initially, I'm like, man, those are nice. And then I'm like, dang, I wish I could have played. And I'm like, man, I, I, I hate everybody who's about to wear those next week. I hate everybody. I think everybody <laughs> that played from your era and before is kind of feeling like that. Because from the Independence era, like, even Bronco Men that all opened up a little bit, the Black Hat uniforms came into play for the first time in 2011. Right. Yep. But, like, now that Billy Nixon and Josh Hewitt are involved, like, it's it's a way bigger deal it's, at BYU now. It's normal, man. It's, it's you know, for, for fans or for people who don't, that don't think it's a big deal, I'll tell you this. So, you know, the, in 2010, Bronco asked us, the seniors, and it was like five of us, right? He asked us, what do you guys want for your, for your gift? And we said, we want to go all blue, Navy on Navy. We could have had anything in the world, in the world, anything, anything, and we wanted Navy on Navy. So that shows you, and this was 2010, right? That shows you how big of a deal it is for players, right? Is to is to look good and feel good. Like at the end of the day, like I got you know five girlfriends in the stands. I'm trying to look good for all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I look when you when you feel good, it does something to your swag. And then when you when you have that swag, <laughs> when you have that swag. You, you kind of just, you kind of have this, this vibe and this energy like, man, you can't touch me or I'm about to go and ball out. I'm about to score this touchdown. I'm about to do, you know, this, this, this you know, create this play or, or whatever the case is. You just kind of have that extra confidence boost. And so I, I personally do believe that there's a correlation. And I mean, shout out to, to, to marketing for, for the video. You know, you guys know I'm a marketer. And, I mean, they, like, everything about this, they just did it right. Oh, it was so big time. Doctor. Big time. Getting Matt Franco. The, the, yeah, the, it's, yeah. It, was, it was impressive all the way around. Um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that right now Notre Dame is somewhat of an enigma. I'm not sure we really know how good they are. They're, they're not ranked. They're not receiving votes. They are coming off of a win over North Carolina. Uh, but they've, they've, had, they've had the bye week, too, so they've had extra time to prepare for BYU, the Cougars come in as as a three point underdog in this game, despite being the ranked team. Yep. How good do you think Notre Dame is? It's it's tough um, for all the reasons that you said. There's times where I, I I think, and this is probably more the last game. I think okay, you know what? I think they found their identity. I I think this is a team who we you know as analysts thought they were right, a team that plays smash mouth football that are going to line up big on big and they're going to say, hey, we're going to go right here, you know, on, on two, you know, and, and then they're snapping on two and then they're running right there. And it's my guys versus your guys. I, I think we saw Notre Dame get back to that uh, during their last game. But, you know, going through some, some uh, you know, troubles with a new quarterback, that's always tough, man. It's always a challenge, right, when you have a new quarterback – Think about the offensive coordinator and, and the coaching staff and, and, and the stresses that it has on them being able to say, okay, you know, we have a game plan for this guy and we have, we have packages, but then now we don't, we don't have that anymore. And yet I don't really know what this, what this kid can do yet, right? So th I think there needed to be a little bit of time for them to kind of find their mojo, find who they are. And again, I think, I think you saw some improvements over the last couple of weeks. So I think they're back to who they who they are from a schematic standpoint. I don't think they're they're as good as 
the, their history, right? The history of the last maybe five, ten years. Um, Certainly not. This is a team that's been in the college football playoff right. a couple of times, right? And recently and, speaking. And I mean, imagine if Alabama had you know a start like this, lost to Marshall at home, and right. were two and two. People would be like, I think Nick Saban needs to get fired. I mean, it would be cra- it, literally people would be running around their heads cut off, asking, you know, Jesus must be coming back. It's crazy, you know. And 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 so I think for us, we have to say, okay. Um, they're, they, they're finding their identity, but they're not who they, they, they were from a maybe talent perspective. And so this is a good opportunity for BYU to, to go in and say, you know what, these last couple of weeks, we didn't progress maybe the way we wanted to. Yeah, we have, we've had some injuries or whatnot, but this opportunity to, to, to get a brand name school when, when they're down. I mean, and on paper that, I mean, look, man. At the end of the day, I don't sit here and say, oh, well, Sam Bradford got knocked out in, this, in the second half or the first half, right? I say, look, man, I'll be Oklahoma. You know what I mean? And so it's the opportunity for, for this team, for this program to, to do the same thing. BYU, again, three-point underdog. They're the number 16 team in the country, which is crazy, considering Notre Dame opened the season number five, and mm-hmm. we all pointed to the Shamrock series like, oh, this is going to be BYU's toughest game of the season. Right. Now we're wondering if Notre Dame is better than Baylor and Arkansas and kind of where they fit into the scheme. And so, uh, yeah, tough, tough to know. But what I can tell you, Brian, is BYU's run defense is going to be immediately challenged by Notre Dame on Saturday. The question I have for you is how does BYU change things up schematically so that their run defense can be even a little bit better than what we saw against Oregon and Wyoming and Utah State because the trend is not great right now. So what has to change for BYU's run defense to take on a Notre Dame team that 1 million percent will be attacking <laughs> BYU's defensive front with the run yeah. game? I don't – I mean, if they don't, I would think that they would be crazy. I don't know, you know, what would be the reason not to. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to answer that because – you always assume that coaches will put players in positions that that fit, you know, their characteristics, right? So um, I know Bronco did this with me um, my senior year. You know, I'm a cover two corner, and so he called a lot of plays um, that fit, you know, my skill set. And, and so I was able to make a lot of plays and as well as not give up big plays, right? Um, and and but, there's, but there's times where you as as a coach you make the right play uh, or you call the right play you have the right scheme and guys just aren't executing okay is that what we're talking about here <laughs> there's we ta- is it more scheme is it more players is it a combo of both like what what's the deal as as i'm starting to look more into the film and get deeper into to me it, it seems like it's more execution um and and that obviously is going to come with lack of experience you know we know that there's been a lot of injuries and so when you have younger guys out there playing for the first time and playing against quality opponents, I mean, I'm not saying that Utah State or Wyoming is, you know, a top 25 school, but, you know, Wyoming is a quality opponent, right? Um, they're going to battle. They're going to be physical. Um, on paper, you would say, okay, our guys need to, to, to should be able to win these one-on-one matchups um, in the trenches. However, execution, from, from my standpoint, comes with uh, – comes has to do with technique, right? So being in the right position, um, having the right technique to win your one-on-one matchup. If you're not doing that, the talent kind of, in my opinion, it's, it's irrelevant. Look at me, I'm, I'm, five, I'm a five-six corner and I win a lot of my one-on-one matchups. 
but because my execution uh, in regards to technique, alignment, IQ, right? I, like I knew what was happening before every play. When we are watching the game, pre-snap, right? What do I say? I go up, it's going here. And same thing with Nixon, me and Nixon, up, it's going here, up, it's going here, up, doing that, doing that, doing this. And, and so when you don't have that, and again, my opinion is because it's, it's the experience, right? You have younger guys. It's, it's, it shows up, you know, on field, on film as if guys are getting blown off the ball, right? It, it shows up as if it's a, it's a talent gap when, or maybe a scheme issue, but I, I, I really believe it's, it's more execution. Okay, so two options here for this question. Which one do you think takes priority that has to get on track this week and moving forward? Is it the run defense or is it the run offense? I mean, BYU has Jaron Hall, so I mean, uh, I would say the the run defense. Um, See, and I'm with you. Like he can, he's good enough to kind of keep I, the I team think, close. I think that's the right answer. I you need something I go from the rush offense, but the run defense. Like, I mean, do we? Do we though? Do we? I mean, okay. So against Baylor, what? 83 yards. 83. And and I I would say that Jaron beat Baylor with his arm, right? Um, Game-winning touchdown was they, a touchdown. They, they haven't have have needed him to run. He has not run the ball this year. Right. He, yeah, that's a good he point. has beat teams with his arm. Yep, and I, I think a little bit of that is, well, a lot of bit of that is by design, right, making sure that he's healthy. Um, you can even tell when he, when he does take off, he's he maybe one, two yards, and then he's down, right, which is, which is good. We, we, we need him for the, for the long run. But um, I, I'm more confident in Jaron's arm than I am the defensive line. Um, being able to stop the run. Um, if guys are healthy, if, I mean, the, the perfect ideal situation would be um, the Baylor game, right? When you look at the matchups, you know, Notre Dame and, and what they try to do from an offensive standpoint matches up well with, with BYU's personnel and what they're trying to do defensively. Um, again, I think the biggest thing is, is the health. And so even, even if guys are rotating, if guys aren't 100% healthy, I, I believe scheme versus scheme, the BYU defense has a better chance than the last couple of weeks. All right. Brian Logan with us on BYU Sports Nation. b good to see you, man. Always a pleasure, man. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> After further review, breaks down the X's and O's of the Utah State victory and previews winning matchups against Notre Dame at 7 Eastern tonight on the BYU TV app. And hey, Jaron Hall isn't the only BYU NFL draft hopeful that experts are talking about. What's the latest on Blake Freeland from a notable NFL guy? We'll tell you next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation, Jason, and uh, I believe you know how to interact with the show. Is I do correct? know how to interact. How do you do? How do you and do that? If you need help, all you need to do <laughs> is follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Okay, fine. You passed the test. Are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. I am not. I don't post a lot on TikTok, but I do enjoy uh, impersonations and comedians on TikTok. That's for another time. Right now. It's time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Aaron Roderick, the offensive coordinator for BYU football, said yesterday that he called the fourth quarter of the Utah State game with an effort to keep Jaron Hall safe. Yes. 
I did not want to, we had the game, I felt like we had the game under control. I know that everybody would like to win by more points than we did. Uh, everybody wants to score a million points, but we had the game under control and I did not want to give any chance for uh, Utah State to get another hit on Jaron in the passing game. I just felt like the smart move there was run the ball, be conservative, uh, play for the three points, you know, get out of here with a win and get Jaron healthy to the next game. Spencer, are you concerned about Jaron's health heading into the Notre Dame game? Not as much as I was right after the Utah State game ended, Jason, because he seemed to kind of be favoring his shoulder, shoulder yeah. at one point. And then his knee got a little tweaked on that hit from Vaughn of Utah State. So, yeah, I was, I was concerned, but no. He's had nine days. Yep. He's okay. We've heard nothing. Jaron Hall's going to be just fine. So we're all concerned about him staying healthy. Yes, yeah. But I, I, it's fine. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not concerned, but yet I'm always concerned about BYU's quarterback because it's so important, obviously, to what, every, what we are used to seeing with the offense. Absolutely. Hey, how about ESPN's Mel Kuyper, NFL Draft Insider, said the following about BYU offensive tackle Blake Freeland, and I quote, Blake Freeland is physically imposing at six feet, eight inches, 305 pounds. He was impressive against Utah State. He hasn't allowed a single sack since 2020. He could be a day two pick and a starting NFL left tackle. Whoa, not just a, a guy that comes in and plays, a starter. Jason, will Blake Freeland, however, give up zero sacks all season long? Yes, of course. It's How long has it been since 2020, right? Yeah. Okay, why wouldn't that continue? The man is an absolute beast, so yeah, who's, zero. Who's going to get Blake Freeland in trouble? Maybe somebody from Notre Dame, maybe somebody from Arkansas. The next two weeks. If he, if he can get to the next two weeks without giving yes. up a sack, it's going to be zero sacks all season. Yeah, I, I'm going to talk it into existence. Let's go. All right, Jake Oldroyd and Justin Smith are co-starters at field goal kicker on this week's depth chart. Okay. Who will kick the first field goal attempt? Who will take that one against Notre Dame, you think? It's going to be Justin Smith. Um, and, and I think just Jake needs a mental breather. Like, we know Jake is capable, for sure. And he's the hard part is he's been, like, performing and competing pretty well in practice. But for whatever reason, he's got the yips in games. And sometimes you just need a mental break. So I, I expect it to be Justin Smith. If things go south for Justin Smith, then maybe Jake comes in as kind of like a, a, in a moment of, like, hey, I could be the savior here. Yeah. Like, and that will change. That will help him get out of that funk. But for now, it's Justin yep, Smith. Yeah, I agree, Justin Smith. BYU, unbelievable. We mentioned this in the show earlier. Has totaled, totaled in five games, 10 yards rushing in the second quarter. That's two yards per game in the second quarter. Will they have more than 10 yards rushing in the second quarter against Notre Dame? So more than the 10 total, yes. like 10, 10 or more yes. against Notre Dame alone. Yes, I think they will. That stat is unbelievable. <laughs> that that's, that's a thing, that that's really happened. What? But yes, that cannot continue. The second quarter cannot continue to be that much of a drought. What in the world? So yes, again, I'm gonna talk it into existence. I mean, is there, has there just been like super limited time of possession in the second quarter or something? That, that is a crazy stat. Uh, yeah, I hope. If BYU doesn't have more than 10 rushing yards against Notre Dame in the second quarter, then I'm significantly worried about what's going on in the game again. All right, Joe Lenardi released his latest bracketology this morning. Has BYU as one of his next four outs. Hey! hey is it time to start Bracketology Watch 2023? Apparently it is. I'm just happy BYU somewhere on the list, yeah. Jason. I, honestly, I didn't expect to see BYU anywhere on Joe Lenardi's bubble list, but next four out? I'll take it. Hey, good, 
That's good. It's better to be involved here than to be outside looking in. Look, if BYU is going to be mentioned, I'm going to follow it all the time. If they're not, I don't want to look at it. All right. That's how I feel. Our own Dave McCann. Hosting after further review later today. Does it again, Jason. Breaking news that there will be another big-time flyover for the Arkansas game. It's going to be F-35s. Um, you know, knowing Dave's love for planes, and if he were a pilot, what would his call sign be? First of all, I feel like Dave is like in a text group of, that, <laughs> and all they do is just tell everybody when flyovers are happening, so he's always in the mix. He's the insider. He's, he's always he's in the, the mix. flyover. My, 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 my call sign I have come up for him, anchor. Oh. <laughs> because then you have like the picture of an anchor, not like at the news desk, but you know, like an anchor, like the Portland Pilots anchor you see there. Okay. That, and his name is Anchor. Okay. <laughs> That's really good. See, I, for, for me, it's just simple. His, his call sign should be flyover, like straight up. <laughs> That's it's what he does. He tells us about the flyover. This flyover. Okay. All right. <laughs> Greg Rubel is joined by BYU Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick and Special Teams Coordinator Ed Lamb. It is available on demand right now at BYUSN.com or on the BYU TV app. Up next, BYU women's soccer phenom Brecken Mazingo leads the team in goal scored. I think it's six, Jason. It is my, six. My spidey senses tell me there are a lot more. She's in studio. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, using context clues, I bet you know who our next guest is going to be. <laughs> It's Brecken Mazingo. Just saw a bunch of her goals uh, as she sports that BYU uniform. We welcome you back to Studio B, and we welcome Brecken Mazingo for the first time into Studio B. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out. Of course. Okay, I've noticed something. Um, you're you're all in, not just for soccer, but like you support your fellow Cougars, and I and I think that's great. I see you on the front row of I feel like every BYU football home game. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I'd like to point out that BYU football is undefeated at home this year. And I feel like you're like the lucky fan. Maybe. Are, is, maybe are you I the am. reason? Are you the maybe reason? Maybe I am. It, there could, it could be a reason. Can we get Brecken like a 50-yard front row seat at every oh home gosh. game? Can we just go ahead and make that happen? Is that, is that cool? All right, David Almodova, I'm looking at you, brother. Look, I don't know if there would be time for you to go to the Notre Dame game and then still get to Stockton <laughs> for Saturdays. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're the lucky charm, yeah. we may need to work on that. I mean, were you at the Oregon game? No. No. Oh, and what see? happened? There, see, we see it. What happened? Oh, okay. Yes. Can we get a private jet schedule for Bracken to go from just, Vegas ew, to Stockton? I would like that. Like, <laughs> let's go. Okay. Right. So now I told you before we started that I have been wanting to ask you a question for about two months, and for whatever reason, even as much as I'm around you guys, I have never asked. I'm finally getting that opportunity. You switched your number. I did. So you were five before. This five. year, you're number thirteen. Yes. Why the switch? Well, I grew up with number 13 my whole life. And also, there's kind of like this cool thing that I like did like in elementary school. Like if you write one and three together, it creates a B. Oh. So and that's the first letter of my name. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like the number 13 just because I've grown up with it. 
It's just my lucky number, I guess. Well, again, okay. It's the lucky number. 13 by nature feels lucky to a lot of people. You're the lucky <laughs> fan. It's all coming together here. Right? Right? Is that yeah. on the broadcast on Saturday? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes please. as a matter of fact. <laughs> okay. Now, I know, and I've talked to you um, after a football game, no less, kind of about like how you feel about how the season's going overall. I mean, you've been to the high, mm -hmm. almost the highest of highs. You played in the national championship game last year. It was wild. Uh, and that team worked through some frustration early in the season. You're kind of in a similar situation this year. So how would you explain your emotions at this point of the season? Um, I'm sure everyone on the team is a little bit frustrated and a little bit discouraged. But at the end of the day, like we need to realize that we still have a tremendous opportunity to make it into the um, tournament. And it just takes us locking in and buying in and remembering what we did last season and remembering who we are as players and why like Jen picked us to even be at BYU and just staying present in the moment I think is what is going to get us there if we if we really apply ourselves to those three main principles. You have been on a tear. You lead the team in goals with six. How have you embraced that role this season? Um, kind of it's kind of nerve-wracking because I'm like obviously I kind of grew up as a forward and like that's kind of been like my role to just try and provide for the team or do like the best I can to put points up on the board but like kind of being moved back to like a withdrawn slash midfielder coming into BYU it was kind of different because my roles were a little bit different I was more held back and then all of a sudden like this season comes along and like I'm finding myself more in those opportunities to take shots and I don't know like it's definitely different but at the same time it's it's scary because it's like I don't I put that like pressure on myself like okay you know you can score like now it's like okay you need to continue to do that if like to the best of your ability you know it's one thing to take those shots it's another to make them and mm -hmm. uh, uh you've made f five of your six goals have come from outside the 18 which is just Wild. I mean, you are, it's like you're scoring from long distance. You're like Steph Curry on the soccer field, okay? Oh gosh, I really like him. Okay, that's, well, that's like amazing that you're listen, comparing me to him. Right? Like, it's a long distance, like, striker here. Um, what, what, is this something you practice? Or like, were you planning on taking lots of shots outside the 18? What, what's the deal there? Um, I've always known that, like, I've kind of had, like, stronger legs, if that makes sense. And, like, I just know, like, I've practiced them like all throughout my life, especially all throughout high school. I would go around the 18 like all the time and then also take shots within the 18, which I honestly haven't found myself in that like yeah. part of the field that much, which is like inside the box, that kind of area. So I've just found myself more around the 18, but I have practiced them a lot, but I don't know. It's just, we aren't encouraged either in practice to take them outside the 18, but for some reason I'm taking them hey opportunity knocks yeah <laughs> there's a chance they keep finding the back of the net yeah i guess so well i, I want to ask you another role question because one thing that i've noticed this is obviously your third season here at byu mm -hmm. and so i I've, I've noticed sort of that leadership role you know becoming more and more a part of of what you do and i, I see there's a lot of freshmen on this roster and i've seen you um, you know, interact with them. How much of that part of the game have you embraced this year? Um, I love it. Like, I've never really had a problem with, like, age gaps or whatever class you're in. Like, if I vibe with you, I vibe with you, if that makes sense. And some of the people I'm vibing with this year are some of the freshmen, and they're awesome, and it's just kind of fun to be around them and their energy because they bring a lot of it. 
Brecken Mazingo of BYU Women's Soccer is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jason said he uh, had a question he wanted to ask you for a long time and did. I'm going to give you some more material after this, this okay. question, okay? Okay. Brecken, why did you leave UCLA in that powerhouse and decide, well, BYU is the place I want to be? Um, to be honest, it was just the way that things are lining up in my life to bring me back here. Like, there are too many coincidences and, like, ways that I was seeing God's hand in my life for me to not take the opportunity, if that makes sense. Um, I just, I wasn't necessarily like happy at UCLA. Like I loved it, loved the girls, loved the atmosphere, loved the experience. But at the end of the day, like I was just my family. Um, I wanted to be kind of back into like my culture that I've like grown up with and all that kind of stuff. And just at the end of the day, wanted to come back and I've loved it. And I don't regret it. And no, we don't have Rodeo Drive. Yeah. But we got rodeos. Yeah. Yes, true. <laughs> well, true. look, look. And, oh, you get to come back and play at BYU that just happens to be one of the best programs in the country, too. There's that part of it as well. Yes, true. Yeah. Brecken, congratulations on all of your individual success. Um, here's how it works. When you come on the show, you get BYU Sports Nation karma, okay? okay. Now, you take that karma, and you're already playing at an amazing level, but with the karma... You go the next step up, okay? Really? This is what happened. It's documented history. Yes, it is thanks a for bringing me on then. It goes all the way back. And you ask Ashley Hatch if the BYU okay. Sports Nation karma works, and okay. she will tell you how real it is. I'll DM her really quick <laughs> right after this. Oh thanks, gosh. Brecken. Thanks, Brecken. Of course. All right, unbeaten in its last three games. Women's soccer hosts San Francisco tomorrow night at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the BYU radio app. And what better way to get ready for BYU football playing in Las Vegas than by reviewing the top five wins that BYU has had all time in Las Vegas? Count them down next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU radio apps today, or you can download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. While you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you don't mind, please rate our Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines as we look at the Top 5 wins all-time for BYU football in Las Vegas. Jason, at start us off. Number five. We go back all the way to 2001, where UNLV was ready to hand BYU its first loss of the year. The Cougars drove down the field for 91 yards. The game-winning touchdown thanks to Brandon Doman's scramble for the score, topping the Rebels 35-31. Look at him oh, go. Oh, the undefeated dream was still alive after that night in Vegas. At number four, BYU. And UCLA in the Vegas Bowl. This was a rematch of a game earlier in the year, remember? Austin Colley had a huge game, 100 yards and a score. The Bruins would try a field goal late. And big Ethan Manu Maleuna had other plans. The big paw up there, Jason. Blocked a field goal. BYU wins 17-16, exacting their revenge after an earlier loss to the Bruins. 
Number three, the 2009 Vegas Bowl win over Oregon State. 44-20 was the final score. The Cougar offense exploded for 44 points in that win. Max Hall had three passing touchdowns on the night, his last game as a Cougar player. Remember there were like gale force wins in that game? The wind was unreal. There were like a seven-yard punt in that game or something. Like crazy stuff. Okay, number two, the 2006 Vegas Bowl. Coming out party for BYU against the Oregon Ducks. Oregon's head coach Mike Bellotti said before the game that BYU couldn't handle Pac-10 teams week in and week out. Handle this, Mike! <laughs> the Cougs blew out the Ducks 38-8. to How's that for a mid-tier Pac-10 program? I wonder what Mike thought about that last year, too, by the way. <laughs> Number one, sitting at number one is a classic BYU overtime victory. The Cougs faced the Wyoming Cowboys all the way back in the 1996 WAC championship game. The Cougars scored a late field goal to force overtime, and then Ethan Pochman nailed another one to clinch the victory 28-25 in OT. I, I remember thinking, I wonder if these bleachers are going to be able to handle the celebration after Ethan Potsman made that field goal, because that's where I was sitting, in those makeshift bleachers yes. in that end zone. It was chaos there, and as a 15-year-old, I was like, please don't break. <laughs> I better rush I don't the field. die here. I rush the field here. <laughs> well, hopped down from the third row, ran onto the field. That was an unbelievable You did play. rush the field then. You were on the field. Yeah, so I could, like, not die on the bleachers. What yeah. did you do on the field? Uh, ran around and just found any BYU fan that would hug me. I, I don't know. Just asking random people <laughs> for hugs. Looking for BYU football players. <laughs> Can I have a glove? <laughs> All right, our question of the day. Is Jaron Hall's arm enough to lead BYU to victory over Notre Dame? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Adam Mon on Instagram says, I want to say yes. But to put all that on any quarterback is a lot for every game. I'd love to see more Miles Davis helping him out, though. I'll take any running back, Jason. Chris Brooks, Lopini Katoa. Running back by committee, down, all of them. Downhill rushing attack. No more kind of zone scheme. Like, just let him get downhill. Put Houston Haymuli in there. Run two fullbacks. And just let BYU try and pound it right back in Notre Dame. Look, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how – the offense approaches the run game this week. Certainly, and the run defense for sure, Yes, right? absolutely. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. I'd like to give it to my friend Fred Warner. It's not for the reasons most of you would think. Okay. <laughs> On his ninth and final tackle last night, he gave me a one-point fantasy football win over Jerem, thus allowing me to keep my pristine 5-0 record intact and keep Jerem winless in fantasy football. Fred, here's to you, my friend. Woo! Our thanks to today's guests, Brian Logan and Brecken Mazingo. Uh, conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Plus, get all your BYU sports content on BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jamal Willis. We'll see you for Kalani Satake and after further review tonight.